Pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. Have you got trouble with your pooch? Then I've got the man in our, in our Hamilton studios to help, Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Good morning to you. Hi, Mel. How are you today? Really good. Have you got your dogs with you in the studio? No, no. Do you know what? It's a good job I didn't today um, because uh, when we came in, the lifts weren't working, so we had to climb 12 flights of stairs. <laughs> So I don't think they'd be too happy with me if I did. Hey, so I was just talking to Nats Levy before about the incidental exercise that you should be doing. That's it looks right, like you've yeah. done yours for the week. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it, I'd be honest. <laughs> Little rests on the, on the platforms between. Anyway, it's good that you're here. I've already got questions coming in, but let's start oh, wow. with uh, talking about 10 things that you should never do with your puppy. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I... I sort of see the bad end of um, when things go wrong with puppies and, and every puppy starts off really nice isn't it there's this amazing little doggy that's running around all happy and everything and then the things that we can do or things that we do with our puppies shape their life and shape their behaviors and and i think sometimes we don't realize um how how much impact we have on our dogs or our puppies as they're growing up basically we're their role models so if we if we do things and we accept certain behaviors or certain actions then those behaviors become habits for um, when they get older so there's a couple of key ones that I think are really important that you've got to not do. And, and unfortunately, I've seen this one too many times. I've seen so many puppies of 10, 12, 13, 14 weeks running in dog parks, running free with older dogs. Please, 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 if you've got a puppy, do not take it to a dog park. Even if it's had its final vaccinations and the vet says you can get it out and do some exercise, that doesn't mean free running in a dog park. It's going to get hurt. We've also got problems with growth plates. Um, so if you're not aware, go and speak to your vet about the growth plates in the dog. Basically, the, the different bones and the different joints, they're not fully closed. And it takes up to puberty for that to happen, or the process happens to go towards puberty. So you've got this dog that's running around with all these big gaps between the bones, and you're just going to end up causing all sorts of problems for the dog. And onset arthritis and all sorts of things. Please don't do it. It's, it's a terrible thing to do for your dog. Because you would think... As a dog owner, that sounds like a good thing to do, to go and let your dog run yeah. free in the in the, in the puppy park. It is, isn't it? But would you let your, your two-year-old or your one-year-old child go and um, train to be a 100-metre sprinter at full pelt? Well, probably some countries would, but no, Maybe no, I would not. Really, should you? Yeah, and we, we've only got to look at gymnastics. I used to do uh, gymnastics when I was young. And then you've got to look at the, um, the problems that kids have um, doing gymnastics at a very early age when they're pushed and pushed and pushed. Remember your, your puppies are athletes when they're running and they're going to run and they're going to turn quickly, they're going to fall they're going to damage, they're just going to hurt themselves, just don't do it. So what should Please. you be doing? So just moderate exercise around the garden is good lead walking, um, just smaller spaces so they're not getting into that full on sprint because that's where the problem comes it puts those pressures on those joints. You also don't want to be um, coming down hills and things like that because again any pressure any sort of um, exercise that puts pressure on joints in dog parks is quite a lot of these little agility kits mm. have you seen those yeah don't put your puppies on them going down those slopes it's going to damage their bones it's going to damage their joints it might look like fun but believe me in, in two or three years time when your dog's on medication for arthritis and then pain for the rest of its life it's not not a funny thing okay so do not let your dog your puppy what? run free in the dog parks that was a serious start wasn't it wasn't it just so what else should <laughs> yeah. you not do you should never <clears throat> do with your puppy slightly lighter note um Lure training, do we know what that means? When you put a, a cookie or a treat on the dog's nose and then lure it back into a sit or lure it into a down. Okay, that's a foolproof way to teach your dog to um, target your hands for food. Because what you're doing is you're saying, every time you see a treat, go for that hand, yeah? Follow the hand, um, hunt the hand. So lure training is, is not a good idea. And I know a lot of puppy preschools and things will teach you to do the sit and do the down with the lure training. Please don't do it. When your dog's naturally doing a sit or naturally doing a down, just say, good dog, give him a cookie, give him a treat so much easier you don't need to actually 
sort of formally train that, but it will turn into um, sort of targeting hands and stealing, hands and hunting. Not a good thing. Okay, so don't use, don't yeah. use, so, but, but you can obviously still use treats. Oh, you, yeah, definitely use treats. But what you want to do is you want to make sure that the dog is working for you, not for the treat. If you have a lure and you put the um, lure on the nose, the treat on the nose and then move it back, that's a classic thing people do, isn't it, mm. to get the dog into a sit. What the dog's looking at is not you, it's looking at the treat. So unless the treat's there, it's not going to do the action. So Crikey. it basically learns to work for treats. And, and I know hundreds of dogs that do this or, or hundreds of owners that have said, yeah, but when there's no treats, the dog doesn't work. Well, that's because you've associated every piece of work has to be with a cookie or with a treat, looking at the treat. Yeah. I think there's probably many people right now listening going, oh, but this is everything I've done with my puppy. Yeah, this I know. what I was taught to do. And there's so much on the internet and so many um, people out there training that. And, and it's not because they're, you know, because they're being nasty or anything. It's just they just don't know. Um, but always think, you do the work, you get the reward. Yep. Yeah, that, that's... Then you're doing it for the work, not for the reward. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So what else should you never do with your puppy? So this is a um, this is a big one, and unfortunately, it's um, us males here that uh, fall for this one. It's that rough play with a dog. Um, so we're we're grabbing our hands and we're roughing up the dog's face um, with the puppy. And I see this way too often. It makes me cringe because I know exactly where it leads to, especially if there's kids in the family. Once we start roughing that face up and pulling the ears, and I'm not saying desensitising, where we're just sort of um, getting the dog used to being touched on the face. That's different, but really hard sort of play. And and the like the little bully dogs, the staffies and things like that. We mm. quite often see that with that. What we're doing is they get annoyed and they'll end up targeting your hands and trying to bite your hands to get them away. And we think it's really cute. But actually what we're teaching the dog is every time something goes into, every time a hand goes anywhere near your head, you can bite it. So if you've got kids, that's, that's a no-no, isn't it? Mm. And, and, and I have this discussion quite often with, um, with the, the man in the house because um, they think it's really good fun. But actually you're teaching your dog to bite your kids and then your kids are going to get sore, going to get hurt and then your dog's going to be put down. So please don't do that. Okay, so no playing rough with your no, puppy no, no, by no, roughing no. up their face and their hands. Another no-no. Yeah, All the parts of the body, other parts, yep, free reign, but not that face. What else should we never do with our puppy? Gosh. <clears throat> so it's number four. So never tell your puppy off. This is a bizarre one, isn't it? You know, your puppy's really naughty, but don't tell it off. Don't say no. Don't say, aha. It has no concept of that, of that thing. You know, um, the only way you could ever make a puppy... Uh, understand what the word no means would be to pair it with something really bad and, and I mean extremely bad right and, and that's certainly nothing you should do with a small puppy I'm a um, positive trainer we like to think that most people are so you don't want to go hitting your puppy because that's the only way you can associate those words with that it has to be with a pain please don't do that so all you're doing when you're um, saying no and aha and get off and all those kind of things is you're actually just rewarding that behavior you're, you're validating that behavior because it's getting attention and what's the dog doing it for to get attention so if it jumps up on you and you go get off you're giving it attention so it goes oh every time i jump off i get told to get off but i get attention i'm happy i'll keep doing it so what should you do then <laughs> so like all things ignore the bad promote the good so when your dog's jumping up and because it's a puppy it's only going to be small isn't it but your puppy's jumping up on you totally ignore them don't look at them don't talk to them don't treat them don't touch them don't do anything okay but the second they jump off what a good dog oh, you're such a cool dog, you know, and over the top. Of course, they're going to jump straight back up you, but that's an opportunity then to retrain it again, isn't it? If you do that for a couple of weeks, honestly, your dog's never going to jump all over you. You have to get the whole family on board with this, don't you, you though? Do. Because yeah. if, you've got, if you've got people giving mixed messages, it's just yeah. going to confuse your dog. 
And that's the problem, isn't it? The, the whole communication, that clear line of communication from, from everybody and consistency. And um, what I would do is, um, if I've got a puppy, the first thing I do is get a book and write down what are my rules and then have a family consult and say, right, what's everyone else's rules and come up with the definitive um, set of rules for your puppy, where it's going to go, what it's going to do, what you expect from it. And that way everyone's singing off the same song sheet. The puppy rule book, that makes the perfect sense, book, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a, a title for an author's book, doesn't it? It doesn't adjust. Can we, can we put some sort of claims on that and say, here we go, we'll make some cash money out of that one? I think so, yeah. Uh, if you have a question for Darren Rowe, our dog behaviourist, then you can get it into us right now. 0800 844 747 is the number. 3920 is a text. Back in just a tick, talking more about the things you should never do, the 10 things you should never do with your puppy. And I think we're going to get to a couple of these questions too, right here on the Sunday Cafe. Saturdays from 10am, it's Carly Flynn with Weekend Life, books, home styling, food and nutrition and much more. It's a perfect fit for your Saturday morning. Weekend Life with Carly Flynn. Saturday mornings from 10am on Magic Talk. Relax and unwind, but stay informed. It's the Sunday Cafe on Magic Talk. Welcome back. Sorry, just had a massive bite of my banana then. Didn't realise that was going to be such a short little trailer. Uh, if you have a question for Darren Rowe, animal behaviourist, 0800 844 is the text. Now, Darren, I do have a couple of questions in here already. Uh, so let's have a look at this one. We have a 14-month-old boxer, and we recently took him to a new doggy daycare, and they told me, although he is well-mannered, he is boisterous. <laughs> is this normal for a boxer or something that we need to look into? Short answer, yes. Um, boxers are very boisterous dogs, um, and it could be... You might want to have a chat with a doggy daycare because it might be just the dogs that he's mixing with on that day. Um, and 14 months, if he's neutered or not neutered, you're going to have that whole testosterone sort of issue in there. Um, just be careful whether the word boisterous, the, whether the doggy daycare is being nice, and that's actually meaning quite aggressive. Um, so you want to be watching that and, and making sure that the boisterous is just play. Um, you might think about changing the day because it might just be that the dogs on that day can't deal with him, but dogs on another day can. But possibly something we should be thinking about, but I wouldn't worry too much because boxers are quite in your face when they play. Just if he's doing it to a nice little tiny small dog, then they're probably not going to like it. Yeah, okay. Uh, our two-year-old dog pines and gets anxious when either of us is away. He just sits and looks out the window. What can we do? Okay, so that's quite a serious issue. Um, I suppose depending on whether he's then defecating or urinating everywhere or whether he's chewing the furniture. So if you come home and you find that the whole house has been destroyed or bits of things are being chewed, then that's the separation anxiety and you, you must get a behaviourist in to help you with that one because that's um, that's a stress and anxiety and a phobia. phobia. The other thing you could do now is um, I would probably do a lot more play with a dog just to start to give something more positive in his life. Um, if you play with your puppy just before like Tuggy, and we talked about Tuggy last week, mm -hmm. if you play Tuggy before um, you leave, then you're going to leave him with something positive is because it start to associate the you leaving with a positive thing and that will start to change the way he feels about you leaving especially if you come back and then play with him again it's going to be he's going to be just desperately waiting for you to come back to play so that might be something to do there okay another question yeah. i've got a two-year-old foxy just wondering if she's asleep on the lounge do you start playing with her or just leave her alone um, I would leave her alone, personally, if you're sleeping. Um, most dogs sleep for a reason, because they're quite tired, or they're just lazy. Well, I just imagine how I would feel if somebody woke up jumping on me wanting to play. Yeah. I would be probably not yeah. the most enthusiastic. Do you know what one of the biggest um, reasons why people get bitten by dogs is? What's that? They wake them up. Well, it's probably, I can understand that. Yeah. So when they're sleeping, they could be dreaming about 
fighting and all sorts of things, and then suddenly your hands go near them. So yeah, I would just leave. What's what's that saying? Let sleeping dogs lie. There's obviously a reason for that, isn't there? I think. Yeah, it makes perfect mm. sense. Uh, here we go, another one. We have a six-year-old Shih Tzu, Jack Russell, who's just started to pee inside. He has access to outside, and even if he's just been out, sometimes he would still do it. He <coughs> tends to do it on our carpet steps, but won't do it in uh, in front of us. Do you have any suggestions, please? That's from Christy. Right, so that's probably, and I'm taking a big gamble here, but I'm guessing he was probably told off for peeing when he was younger. Um, and the reason I say that is because you say he didn't, he won't do it in front of them, and that's a classic sign when you when you say no, stop that sort of thing. They get quite sneaky and they won't do it in front of you, but they will when you're not there. Um, but he's six years old, and if he's not had problems like this before, I would probably take him to see a vet and get him checked out because it could, around that age, there's all sorts of things that could happen with these smaller dogs. Um, that could be affecting the toilet training. Um, if you got that checked out, then I'd go back to crate training and teaching him and reminding him. But it might just be that it's cold and wet and he just doesn't want to go outside. Normally that's more the girls, but it could be that. Yeah, well, I can understand that. See, that, see yeah. when, I, when I look at dogs, you know, having to crouch down on the cold grass or the frosty grass, I can, I can fully understand why <laughs> they do what they do. Not that we want them to. Uh, let's go back to the 10 things you should never do with your puppy, though, because this leads us nicely into number five. It you does, should yeah. never use puppy pads to toilet train. Yeah, so so I think it's um it's one of those things, isn't it? We have puppy pads so that we don't get um, toilet pee and stuff on carpets and things. But if you arrange your puppy's environment properly, so they're on a harder floor or a plastic floor, then you can just clean it up really quickly. But if you think, just just think logically, if I put something down on the floor and I allow my dog to pee on there and I promote it more to the point, I'm actually teaching my dog it's okay to pee inside. This is interesting because back when we were toilet training our dog, you know, 10 years ago, the, the theory that we went with was you had the piece of newspaper that you put down and you gradually moved it closer to the doorway. So they yeah. knew that that was where to go. So this is obviously not the thing to do. Well, what happens is, unfortunately, people never read the, the um, instructions on the packet, I guess. So they just keep them down because they get lazy and they don't want the carpet to be dirty. But what you should do if you're going to ever, ever use these things is take that straight out. Once they've had a pee once, take, them, take that straight out and leave it somewhere outside and then always take your puppy to that area. And then the smell of their own pee is going to kind of promote this is where we go to the toilet. Because remember, their noses are amazing. But there's, there's no excuses for it, really. Watch your puppy. If they're sleeping, they wake up, they need the loo. If they have a drink, they need the loo. If they have something to eat, they need the loo. If they're playing and it's quite exciting, then they're going to need the loo afterwards. So pretty much you're watching your puppy for the first sort of four, five, six weeks. And every time they do any of those things, you take them out to the toilet where you want them to go. It won't take very long. Just that repetition, um, but getting that good is, behavior yep, for them. Yep. And if they make a mistake, and all puppies do, please don't tell them off. You're going to start making them anxious about something very natural and then they'll stop going to the toilet because i have seen people rub their note their puppy's nose oh, in the wee yeah. if they wee inside which has always seemed like a, a horrible thing to do anyway yeah yeah there's no association with that um normally the, they've they've been to the toilet 10 minutes ago um so there's no actual association and it's a horrible thing can you imagine if you did that to your young child every it's, time they made a mistake it's kind of an old school approach isn't it well, you'd think so, but I still hear stories about it. And whacking them on the nose of a newspaper when they do it. I've heard that quite recently. It's like, whoa. <laughs> we think the world has progressed, but it hasn't really. So it's not really going to help you. Okay, so what's number mm. six on the list of things you should never do with your puppy? Right, so number six is a bit of a difficult one for people to, to get their head around. Um, and I'm going to use a little story. So I'm, I'm a, I used to be a primary school teacher. And my first year of a primary school teacher, I, let, I, I fell into the thing where I let the kids do what they wanted 
because I wasn't a very good teacher, I guess. And, and I didn't have all those boundaries for the kids. I thought, no, I'll let them choose the right behaviours. And what happened was by the second term, it was chaos, absolute chaos. There were only seven-year-olds, and you can imagine 37-year-olds running around, total chaos. So, so I had to then rein it right back in, and I had all my seats in a line, then like the old-fashioned Victorian teaching, and I was really strict. They couldn't breathe, these poor kids, right, because they were... I just couldn't control them. And um, it was really hard. Of course, they rebelled because they had had the whole world and then they were suddenly restricted. So the next year, I set my boundaries quite clearly and then we got on really well and, and then slowly slowly eased those boundaries for the kids and then they got better. You know, we had a really good relationship. So with the puppy, you think about what we do there. We let the puppy have the whole house and then they go and chew the furniture, they pee in the corner, they steal your slippers, all of these behaviours that they're allowed to do because... You know, there's no check, there's no boundaries. And then we get upset and then we say, right, we're crating them and we stick them in a crate all day. And then they get upset and they scream. So what we want to do is set up a little area for the puppy, first of all. So we have a little pen and a crate and we give them a very small area so they get used to that and they don't get overwhelmed by the whole experience. Then we slowly extend that area as they get older. So when their brain develops and their maturity happens, they get a little bit more and a little bit more. Same for the garage. It means they don't get overwhelmed. They don't learn bad behaviours because they don't experience them. So do not give your puppy the freedom of the house or yeah. the garden from the beginning because it's just going yeah. to end in tears. And again, you wouldn't let your two-year-old run around for the whole house, would you? You'd no, you would not. Area. It's exactly a very valid same. point. Exactly the same. Another question <laughs> for you. If you do have a question for Darren Rowe, uh, then you can get it into us on 3920. That's a text. Or call 0800 844 747. We've got about another seven minutes or so of questions and uh, talking about what you should not do with your puppy. A question in, uh, I've got a short-haired Chinese golden husky doodle retriever. Oh, my god! Chinese golden husky <laughs> doodle retriever. Quite a cool-looking dog, wouldn't it? Uh, when I tell him to sit, he barks, and when I tell him to stand, he rolls over. What can oh. I do? He doesn't seem to listen. Is it maybe that he's deaf? No, so he does listen. He's listening really, really well, but what's happening is your communication's not very clear. So he'll have associated things. So I guarantee the first time, I think you said sit and he barks, yeah? The first time he sat, he barked, and you went, oh, good boy, because he sat. And what he's done is associated those two behaviours together. So he thinks that when you say the word sit... It means bark. bark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the rollover, he pro- um, I'm not sure what, what was the rollover one again? Uh, when I tell him to stand, he rolls stand. over. Okay, stand is quite a hard one, actually, to teach a dog. Um, and again, it would just be down to that miscommunication. You would have rewarded at the wrong time, or he would have associated whatever he was doing at the time with that, with that word. So just go back to basic. I'd probably change the word, and I would every time he's standing, I'd just say... I can't think of another word for stand, but every time you're standing, I would just say the word stand or, or something like that. Or up. Yep, up's a good one. Yep. Um, and just, just promote that. But, yeah, it will be just down to your rewarding and, and when you've rewarded him and, he's, and his association with the, with the reward. So you can actually retrain. You could retrain you him can, to do yeah. what he's meant to be doing. They might want to look at marker training or clicker training. It's a little bit of a clearer com- uh, way of um, communicating with the dog. Okay, good to know. Uh, 0800 844 747 is a number if you have a question for Darren Rowe, animal or dog behaviourist. And we do have one. Pamela, good morning to you. Pamela. Hello. 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 (laughs) Yeah, I've got a a cross dog. He's very, very bright. He's seven years old. At night, when I sit down and I want to perhaps read a book or watch the TV or something, he sits, but he gradually gets closer and closer and keeps staring in my eyes the whole time. He'll do that for an hour or more. He'll just continue to do it. If I take no notice, he then looks at me and barks all the time. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what he wants. He wants something, but I don't know what he's telling me. 
So he's 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 just wanting attention of any description, I would say. And and man, he's 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 very good, no, for a whole hour looking at you, man. That's oh, you it. just keep doing yeah. it, yeah, and he just moves closer and closer. Yeah. So, so that's kind of telling me that he's not really sure what he needs to do when you're in that situation. He's probably used to getting attention from you quite a lot, and then suddenly you're not giving yeah. him any attention. So he's like, well, yeah. what's going on? And he might, I mean, I can't see the dog, obviously, but his ears might be dropping back, and he might actually be a little bit anxious about this whole experience because you're ignoring him, and that's not normal. So what you want to do is you want to train him, uh, give him a job to do. So so we've, we've got we've got seven dogs, and, and I'll be honest with you, they all stare at us when we're watching TV and stuff like that. So we, we teach them to go and lie on their bed, and, and then they get bored and fall asleep. So so maybe every time you pick up a book, then you say, on your bed, and you and you put him on his bed kind of thing. I'll train that beforehand mm. if you can. And then the action of you picking up the book will trigger, I go to bed. I go and lie on my bed and you yeah. might have to give him a job to do and then give him a chew toy so he's got something to keep himself busy because um, there's nothing yeah. worse than a dog just staring at you is quite quite bizarre. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I, well, I'm trying to work out what he wants all the time. The, the, one, the one thing, if you don't want that behaviour, the one thing you don't want to do is talk to him and tell him tell him off or anything yeah. like, or, or throw him a treat. No, I don't tell really him off. I, I, yeah. Sometimes I touch him and stroke him but he doesn't want that. He doesn't want me touching him. But you're still uh, rewarding the behaviour. Yeah, you're still just be careful because you're still rewarding that behaviour when you do that. I am. That's probably why I am. I'll try it. what you yeah. said. I'll make him go on his bed. Yeah, give okay, him another thank job. Okay, thank you very much. That loads. That yeah. Good. Hey, good luck, Pamela. I hope that uh, works out for you. Now we've got a few more minutes. Just a couple more minutes. Let's fly through some more of these uh, ten things that you should yeah. never do with your puppy. We're up to number seven. We are, um, and we'll, we'll really will fly. So. Um, just out there for kiddies out there, puppies are not teddy bears, okay? If you pick up a puppy and you treat them like a teddy bear, they will bite you. Okay, so if you want to hold a teddy bear and swing them around and, and squeeze them, get a teddy bear, not a dog. <laughs> That's the first important one, yeah? Right. Really important, definitely. Um, they'll get frustrated when they're being held and they'll want to get out and then you'll get bitten and then your kids won't like the dogs, which is not a good thing, is it? No. Um, on that note then, we'll jump ahead a little bit. Um, I quite often hear people, parents say they get a dog for their children, Please don't get a dog for your children. Get a dog for you because you're the one that needs to train them because you're the adult. And puppies can't be trained by children because it's just like puppies being trained by puppies. Okay, um, You'll end up with missing all of those key moments and key times when a puppy needs to learn and it'll be too late by then. And then you'll have a dog that's anxious, aggressive, blah, blah, okay. blah. Yeah, yeah, not good. Um, this is a big one. If you've got other dogs at home, do not let your puppy play unattended with your older dogs no matter how good they are because... They are likely to get hurt because they'll play too boisterous. And if you think about that boxer, 14-month-old boxer, if he was playing with a the puppy there, it would be too much for the puppy. Then the puppy might get hurt. The puppy might get scared, more importantly. And if you've got an older dog, and we're talking sort of 8, 9, 10 sort of thing, then puppies are bullies. They want attention all the time. So mm. they'll be jumping on the older dog, and the older dog will get really annoyed of it. And it may not be um, in a situation because it might be in pain where it can deal with it, or it might be... <laughs> in a situation where it can deal with it really well and it'll just bite the puppy. Okay, so so have that pen and crate idea so that your dogs can get to know the puppies and the puppy can get to know the dogs in a nice way and then slowly introduce the older dogs in a controlled way. But if we've still got time now, the yep, most important sure. thing, number 10, is do not ever underestimate the importance of socialisation in that first 16 to 18 weeks or 20 weeks. Okay, It sets your dog, your puppy up for life. And when I say socialisation, I don't just mean playing with with other dogs and other puppies and definitely if you play with dogs in the family um or meet other dogs in the family that's not socialization okay that's like brothers and sisters playing and brothers and sisters play a lot harder than they do if it was an outside person yeah it's about experiencing new people new things new animals 
basically experiencing the whole world in a positive way and that's the most important thing it's not about whether they're just experiencing i'm taking down the road and walking down the road of them it's about is it is it a positive experience because if it's not you're going to end up with a dog that just grows and becomes anxious of the whole world right so get them to like people in high-vis vests because yes most dogs seem to have a real issue with that yeah and how do you do that how you just you just associate it with something positive and for your dog that might be treats it might be a toy play it might be your voice so something positive that they see something they're a bit scared of and then give them something positive so they can associate it with what they're seeing excellent hey yep. thank you for your time this morning darren and i'm glad we got through all of that because yeah, so am I. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people now going oh man i've been doing it all wrong back to square one if you've missed any of that i do on my facebook page i've written a little blog that goes through this all again so you can catch up with that again yeah good good times hey thank you so much darren absolute pleasure to have you as always and remember you can go and follow darren a dog behaviorist on facebook mindfulness for dogs or on the website as well you can get more intel about your puppy you've been listening to darren Rowe on the mindful dog giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world to find out more about what we do visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com